Lord, we thank you for this marvelous book. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together and meet. Father, we pray for you to use JP like never before to declare your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 JP Grantham has been a member of Generation Church for a long time, going all the way back to Country Love Theater days. He is one of the owners of JBRW Construction. He's involved in the children's ministry here and is one of our elders. JP Grantham, come right on. All right. I've uh, used to be in the detention center, and I used to be uh, uh, do jail ministry, and uh, I've uh, taught and brought messages there, and uh, I believe it's three or four times I've brought messages before the, uh, the whole body of Generations Church, but whenever I volunteered to uh, speak tonight and to have interaction with the men of the church, I don't think I've ever been this nervous. <laughs> I really don't, because there is uh, so much knowledge in the leadership and the membership of our church that uh, if I looked at it through man's eyes, I'd have no reason to be up here. But that's not the way God works. God chooses people. He chooses you as an individual to uh, to speak and to step out on faith. And uh, so the more I uh, prayed and, and thought about this and uh, talked to God, the, the better it got. And uh, <laughs> so I said, you know what, I, I really want to hear what the other men of God have to say about this, because these four verses that we're going to be talking about tonight are very basic verses, but yet the more I read them and the more I studied and read commentaries on them, the more I realized how scholars could debate, debate, and debate on them. So uh, we're going to start out with uh, James one twenty-two. It says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Deceiving means beside reason. It means that if you read the word and and you're not a doer, you're dealing in you're not dealing in reality, and I, and I started thinking about that verse. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I started thinking of all when you really started applying that to our lives. Whenever you start talking about, you're reading the word, and usually. Where you're going to church or where your basic foundation is established is how you see the Word. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? And I started thinking of all the different denominational churches that can look at this, not just denominational, but charismatic and other churches. When we start being applying it to our lives, a lot of it depends on where we're at. And, and where we're at with God and how it applies to us. I know when I first became a Christian, we were part of a uh, a uh, very conservative, uh, I believe Pastor Allen's word is legalistic church. And uh, by doers of the word, we were, uh, it wasn't so much what we did as Christians as what we didn't do. You know, the TV went out the house. 
my sister could no longer wear shorts or pants. And we were known as Christians by what we did not do, by the way we dressed, uh, by what we watched when you came to our house. And uh, as, as my mom and dad grew in Christianity, it became less and less about the legalism and more about the love. And uh, so I started thinking this, and I wanted y'all's input on this. What specific event in your Christian walk made you stop and think and say, man, I need to do this by reading the Word of God. I need to start doing this so I can be a doer and not deceiving myself. And... uh, I'm just going to use myself as an example first. When I first started coming to Generations Church, first year I was here, I'd, I'd try and get to church 10 minutes late, so I didn't have to shake hands with anybody. <laughs> then I'd leave 10 minutes early, I didn't have to shake hands with anybody. I could just go to church, not associate, and uh, be just fine. I didn't need the... The, the contact of Christian people, I just need to go to church, hear the Word, and I could, I'd be just fine. Well, the more I studied the Word, the more I started listening to the Word, the more I realized that I needed the Christian Brothers and Sisters Fellowship for me to grow in the things in the Lord that I needed to do. So, that was, I know that's kind of not that big of a deal, but it was for me. Because I, that mean I had that mean I had to start reaching out to people, and I wasn't good at that. So uh, think for a minute, and uh, what's something that by reading the Word of God that you realize you needed to do to become the Christian God wants you to be? So, uh, Brother Joe, I'm gonna pick on you. Oh man, yeah, give me a second here. All right. That's why we're going to do this tonight, so y'all better stop this. <laughs> Brother Jeff, yeah, Brother Jeff. Yeah. So I was raised in a legalistic church, and so I was I would read about being spirit-filled or the fruits of the spirit, but that's all I did was read about it. I mean, that that wasn't for me. I mean, in fact, I passed judgment on other people exhibited certain gifts of the Spirit, but I reached a point in my life where the Christianity as I knew it, legalistically, was became so empty and so unfulfilling that I was willing to try anything. So when I actually did what the Bible said to me, open your mouth and speak in tongues, not to say that if you don't speak in tongues, that's terrible, I'm just saying that for me... Until I actually opened my heart and was willing to accept that, you know, the Holy Spirit is a real person. He's alive and well. and People can be healed and I can see these fruits in my life. <clears throat> I, did, I didn't see them. So that was a turning point for me, trying to overcame more than just reading about the Holy Spirit and actually having a relationship with him. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Brother Joe, you had time to think about it? Boy, you are going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I grew The kind of church I grew up in was probably the closest thing you could come to is similar to a Baptist church, at least in behavior and how we did things. And 
and they were pretty, there were a lot of things we did wrong, but one of the things I thought that they always did right was they were going to, they wanted to be doers of the word, and that's what they preached. And so, uh, so that was pretty strong in me by the time I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Uh, <coughs> I started going to adult Bible studies about that time because it's really, I kind of hungered after that. Mm-hmm. So that was it. All right, Brother Bob, I'd like to hear from you tonight. So is there a... Well, let me make sure I got the question right. You're talking about... Reading the Bible. Yeah. And there, there's something God said, you need to change this in your life or you need to start applying this to your life uh-huh. so you can be the Christian and grow the way that I intend you to be, to be a doer. All right. Well, I was raised... Uh, Pentecostal and got saved when I was four years old and baptized in the Spirit when I was 11. And, um, you know, had good, really good preaching, good teaching all my life. Um, but let me just bring a current. Uh, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, he, he's on dialysis now. He's got type 1 diabetes and, and uh, you know, he's probably only got four or five more years to live and he's only about 55. He is 55. And uh, we were on the phone the other day, and um, he's very, um, he has a lot of death. And uh, I, I was talking about sometimes uh, losing, my, losing my temper, not losing my temper, but becoming angry. And uh, he was telling me about how the Lord revealed to him about, uh, well, he, he reminded me of something he told me this last summer about um, grapes, that the Lord revealed to him that, uh, example of grapes. But, you know, you tromp on grapes, you stomp on grapes, you get juice out of it. Maturity is determined by what what flavor that, that, that juice is that comes out. If it's sweet, that's maturity. If it's bitter, uh, like anger, you know, um, uh, that's immaturity. That was very helpful. That's something he shared with me. And then, then just the other day on the phone, he was saying about silver. He said, Something the Lord has revealed to him he wanted to share with me is about silver. And you know about the dross coming to the top and how you skim that off and how that makes it more pure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very scriptural. But he's saying, he said, something I've discovered is that when I get very angry and he has a very high-pressure job, he bids these multi-multi-million dollar uh, contracts, uh, construction contracts. Uh, he's up in Washington, D.C. area. And, and incredible amount of pressure he works under at making these bids. It's got to be right, you know, and he's talking about huge numbers. Anyway, then when I get angry, he's got to deal with these bureaucrats. <laughs> anyway, uh, he, he said, he, right away he asked the Lord to skim off that dross when he feels it coming up in him, you know, and he said it's been very effective uh, between him and the Lord uh, to uh, skim off, and, and he, he come in and said, you know, if you don't skim off that dross, it, it's, it, it, it doesn't take as much heat to, to, to bring that dross to the top of the next time because the dross tends to stay, you know, at the top when it solidifies. <laughs> so you tend, his example was, you know, you tend to, if you don't get this dealt with, you get, it doesn't take as much heat to get you angry. <laughs> <See what I'm> <laughs> <laughs> and he's saying if he just asked the Lord to skim that dross off each time when he felt that anger rise up, that the Lord really 
was responsive to it. And it felt like he and the Lord had a deal, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I've been kind of uh, practicing that, to, uh, just just a current example of right. trying to walk in the Word. But, um, and, you know, I fantasize things and get a little angry, you know, and uh, the Lord's really been, been, um, been helping me. That's true. With that uh, illustration that he shares. That's good. It is, and that's also good. We're not when we talk about the word. It's just not reading the Bible. It's from listening to other Christians and and, and ministers and that are speaking the word of God. Yeah, what the Holy Spirit speaks to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anybody else have a uh, something they'd like to share? Well, I was just thinking about uh, this one scripture: uh, "As iron sharpens iron." So one person sharpens another. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm just probably going to talk analogies. I could probably tell you how to sharpen your iron. But until I come and show you how, or I'm involved with you and helping you to sharpen yourself, it's like I've stayed at home and I've watched, you know, the Christian preaching and everything at, 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 at home on Sundays and everything. And uh, I've tried to to absorb as much of the word as I possibly could on my own. <clears throat> but one thing I I use quite a bit around my own family is that Christianity is not a spectator sport. I mean, it's a it's something you have to participate in. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot more uh, as far as being doers of the word. You come to church and you and you you fellowship. And you have people minister to you directly, and with with hope, you hopefully are a minister ministry to those other people as well. So if you take a, a, a active participation in your Christianity, in other words, being doers of the word, as you say, then I think that's going to sharpen sharpen your own Christianity or touch your own spirit. Right. And so I feel like uh, you know my brother's a Jehovah's Witness and. He is uh, he is so incredibly book smart when it comes to the uh, to the Bible, you know. And of course, they use a slightly different Bible than us. But <clears throat> I've never really been uh, too savvy on his particular faith. But I read a book once that was uh, written by a uh, former Jehovah's Witness that she witnessed to the right person which happened to be a Christian minister. She's now married to him. And she said that uh, I have now learned the difference between winning arguments and winning souls. And as as part of, of being a doer of the word, she's out there winning souls rather than just beating them over the head with the knowledge that she may have had from just reading the book over and over and over. All right. Make Makes sense. a lot of sense. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. Yes, it does. Anybody else? Johnny, anything? I didn't even know you knew my name. What? Well, how could <laughs> I forget? Cut your left ear, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a minute. Yeah. I just, I'm shocked to be in the room with all y'all. Like, half y'all are my eyes. What about the other half? <laughs> 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 well, okay, no offense, but I, I haven't met y'all, do you? Uh-oh. You know, but... Johnny and I've been coming here forever. Um, I guess essentially uh, up to here, even recently in my life, you know, because I've been my life has been a roller coaster as most of y'all know. 
Um, but here recently, you know, I've, I've, I mean, ever since my mother passed, you know, I've been dealing with hard depression and anxiety. <laughs> and I guess really, you know, the one thing that I had to apply, like I said, recently, actually after Sunday service, that spoke to me more than anything has, and I don't know why, but it did. And, you know, I just went home that night, and it just really, I had to get into my word, and I dove in just about basically, you know, walking by faith again and just not letting, you know, be, I guess you could say be defeated by that, mm-hmm. you know, and up until this point, I just let the enemy defeat me over and over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. and, you know, finally, I just I just took that stand, took that leap, and, you know, and just ripped all that off and <laughs> bound it, and it's just like God revealed, I mean, blessed me with a brand new job this week, uh, you oh, know, good. all the doors all that have right. been closed to me, I've opened, third day there, get a promotion, right. I mean, God just is showing me tons of favor, and it's just because instead of simply just reading, you know, what they've, you know, taught me my whole life, you know, about skating through it, you know, and actually doing it and applying, mm-hmm. you know, to wa- actually walk by faith, it, it removed that anxiety and that depression, and I'm just a completely new man again, and it feels wonderful. Good, good. Thank you, John. That's good. Yeah, that's good. good. We're, we're in uh, James, chapter 1, verses, verse 22 right now, so. Okay. And you, what's your name? I'm Chris. Chris. Yes, sir. All right. Good to have you here tonight. Thank good. you very much. Uh... Anybody else have anything on that one? Now, and we're also going to do a reverse on it. Uh, is there is there something specific in our life when we're reading the Word? Is there something that's been in your life that God said, you know, you might need to cut that out. You might need to burn that out yeah. for you to grow and to be the doer that I need you to be. Brother James. Well, I had a... I was been talking to Jeff about it, but I got into this deal where, you know, I started really disliking the uh, political direction. I'm not trying to be political or anything, but and I was building a head of steam. And but what surprised me was I was starting to enjoy my dislike for this political arrangement. I was really starting to dislike my dislike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> producing evidence in my behalf and detesting people. And I, so I talked the other night about temptation, <laughs> you know, and I thought, you know, I'm tempted to really just keep going and it's just going to get worse. And then I I thought, you know what, I got in a lot. I think the Lord helped me because I started thinking. Went out to buy, I mean, wait a minute, I went out to buy hay from this guy. And I got out of the truck, and and I, I mean, I hadn't been out of the truck. I'm a servant of God, and I'm supposed to be talking to this guy. He's a redneck. And I get out of my truck, and I, I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about the blessing of God. I'm talking about this political issue. <laughs> I, I mean... And he said, he said, well, I think that's a good thing, what I was against. I think that's a good thing. And then he starts in this long, drawn-out explanation of how great everything I detest is. And all of a sudden, it just made me feel stupid. Like, <laughs> here's their argument. Here's his argument. Yet, and it reminded me of the, of the scripture. I think it's in Ephesians. said there are so many kinds of voices in the earth. There's voices everywhere. 
And and then I thought about how Elijah was, and Elijah was under the the uh, under the kingship of Ahab, the most wicked king there probably was. And he did he start taking sides and start you know making that his conversation? No, he started he he prophesied. And uh, then I, I thought about. The disciples in Jesus' time, they were under the greatest world power ever known, the Roman Empire at that time, man for man, and that age was the greatest power on earth. And they were under that, and then they were probably, they were struggling with the, the Jewish thing. So I felt challenged by God. You know, it's like, what kind of person do you want to be? <laughs> you know, am I going to be... Just like one of them, I'm just another voice of dissension, or do I want to have a word of life? Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have a, a view of things, and that I, I don't have a right to do civic duties, and, but to get caught up in something and start building a head, a head of steam, which basically is going to end up being resentment, and then it's going to be bitterness, it's going to be anger. You know what anger leads to? Oh, yeah. Some awful things. Yeah. And all I can say is, I still think like I did, but as far as what I think is good and bad and right and wrong, but I don't want to be that kind of person. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. want that to rule my life. Right. And it reminded me of that story of that, that black minister. We can't find his book now. He wrote a book, and he was a minister. But he got caught up in the fight against apartheid, South Africa, which was a worthy cause. But he just, he went on and on and became a gun runner. And it just went from bad to worse, and he ended up in prison. <laughs> and he sat in prison, in this prison cell for three years, and one day, the Lord appeared to him and said, what are you doing here? <laughs> this is not what I wanted you to do. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And... I wish I could find that book is the neatest thing because when the Lord spoke to him, he spoke to him in a language he'd never heard, but he understood him. Right. Right. And, you know, he repented. And he just, he said he wept uncontrollably for days. And, and the goodness of God and the goodness of Jesus, that's what we're supposed to be talking about is the goodness of the Lord. Right. Right. Exactly. Wow. So, yeah, that happened to me here yes. in... I've been thinking about it every day, and I've been, I guess, it must be important to me because I keep telling everybody. About there you it. go. I understand. You know, I yeah. Anybody else? Um, I think it's important to hear the word, but not to stop there. Right. In your case, you made yourself available to hear the word, and then you went on. Right. Um, a lot of people can become traditional and religious and legalistic, Meaning they've heard the word, and now they're the Lord's servant, and they're not doing, but they've stopped hearing the Lord. Mm. And they, they, we can get off course when we do that. Right. When we become dependent on our knowledge, we solidify, and then we get busy doing, and we just grow cold spiritually and lose the whole spirit of the, of the, of the deal. Mm. And uh, So I think it's commendable that you make yourself available to hear the word, and then in the hearing, faith came. And then that led to obedience. Right. Now, back to that second question, is there a time of where the Word convicted me of where I wasn't doing? 
and it happens to me every time I read Proverbs or James. If I'll just focus on a chapter and read it, something in there is going to speak to me. But then there are those occasions, as James just shared, <laughs> where consequences wake me up too. You know, I get I get myself in a conversation where it's like, this isn't what I'm supposed to be about, <laughs> or how did I get here, or right. what happened, you know? And uh, the enemy wants to keep us from hearing the word, or just let us hear it and just become people who want our ears itched by hearing our favorite stuff over and over. But right. um, I think I was really awakened to a problem when I was in Bible school. Uh, in a year and a half, we'd had three different presidents, actually four different presidents. Two of them were like co-presidents. And there was something going on with the administration. And so the fourth president is speaking in chapel. This is towards the end of the second year there. And he made the decree that our denomination had all the truth, and there was no more truth yet to be revealed. Oh, man. And I thought, Lord, I sure hope that isn't true. There's <laughs> got to be more to it than this. And so from that painful experience developed a hunger in my heart to begin to really hear the Lord and found out I was just hearing a lot of tradition. You know, we read into the Word rather than reading from sometimes. So I don't know if that relates. Yes, but, it does. Um, I like to relate on hearing the Word. It wasn't from reading the Bible. But uh, one Sunday morning, Pastor Allen was speaking. And I could be a very judgmental person. Just, I, I could if I was listening to, a, especially to ministers, I hold them to a higher standard. And if they said something I didn't agree with, bam. They could have talked another 30 minutes. I wasn't going to hear a word they had to say. They were wrong. I wasn't listening. One Sunday morning, Pastor Allen's uh, speaking, and he'd gone to visit Zane when he was in a Bible school, I think, at the coast, and a, a minister was speaking there. And I don't remember what he was speaking on, but Pastor Allen said he was so far wrong, he wasn't even close. <laughs> and I said, boy, here it comes. He's going to cut him off. He said, but I knew that that man had a gift of prayer, so I stayed and finished listening so that he could pray for me. You know, you, you want to have a shovel and chunk it over the chair behind you for somebody else, but, man, when it hits you right there... You know, that's the way God deals with me. He just hits me straight in the head. There's no whatever. And I said, man, I've been wrong. You know? And uh, there's been instances where, where people have said things or, or, or whatever, and, I, and I, I felt the old JP come up, starting to be that judgmental, saying he's not going to have because I don't agree. And then that comes back to me. And I said, man, I can't do that. You know, we've uh, we got to listen to people. Anyway, anybody else have anything on that? Something God dealt with you with that, that you need to uh, get out of? Not trying to put you on the spot. So, If not, we'll go ahead and get into verses 23 and 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Man, first time I read that, it was just, I had no clue what it was talking about. I was, just, I was trying to figure it out, and uh, 
reading a commentary, and they said, just imagine if you got up in the morning and you went and looked in the mirror, and if I had hair, it would it would help, but your hair is a mess, you need to shave, you got sleep in your eyes, and you're just all this, you just look terrible. Phone rings, you run in there and get it, and it's your boss, saying you got to be at work right now. And you forget what you look like in the mirror. You go in the room, you get dressed, get that, <laughs> da, da, da. you go out the door, you're going to work. The boss not want you to come to work looking like that. You forgot what you'd look like in the mirror. And then I started thinking about, why do we look in a mirror? I said, well, on Sunday mornings now, I'm at the age where I have to really look in the mirror close because of nose hairs when I was younger I didn't have. Those ear hairs that come out, and, and it's this long, and you said, how long has that been there that it's grown to a half an inch? You know, and, and, and you're clipping that, and I said, you're looking for defects in the mirror, aren't we? We're looking in the mirror to see what we need to do to make ourselves better, to be more presentable. Yeah. So, uh, you younger guys don't have any idea what I'm talking about there, but it's the I have my brain. Brain. <laughs> I have a few of those. Okay, but why, why is it that the rear view mirror in your car <laughs> shows more defects in the mirror at home when you're trying to look? Oh, yeah, yes, that's true. Uh, I was, uh, I think when we look at that, uh, I think if if we put that to our Christian life, when we're looking at that mirror, that mirror is the Word of God. And, and when we start reading it and then applying it to ourselves, uh, we need to, to start fixing the things to make ourselves more presentable, to make ourselves look better, to make ourselves... More present, not that that we can earn our way into God's good graces, but we can grow and be the better Christian that we need to be. Be more presentable to the world and put a better face as, as a Christian to the world. And uh, I think uh, when we read the Word of God, it's, it's like a two-edged sword, and uh, lots of times it's there for make us you know, to protection. A lot of times it starts cutting. And uh, we find things in our lives that are uh, that are in there that we didn't know were there. And uh, uh, one of the things the last four or five years that God has dealt with me about when by studying and reading the Word is uh, I'm kind of a person of passion. When I find something that that I'm that that I'm attracted to or I want to do, I have a passion about it. And I'd always been a sports fanatic. I had been a Green Bay Packer fan whenever back in the late '60s and early '70s. And my dad was a Cowboy fan, and for some reason I was a Packer fan. And uh, back then we didn't have a TV, but I was a Houston Astro fan because it was on the radio. We had a radio at home. We could listen to the radio, but we didn't have a TV. And uh, I grew up in Brownwood, 
played for the Brownwood Lions a little while. And if you lived in Brownwood, you were a lion. That's it. And uh, as I got older and, and, and whatever, I just, uh, my son was growing up, I, I imported, imported that passion to him. I took him to Ranger games because when we were growing up, we never had any money, not not able to go. And back then, Brownwood's district games was in Crowley and Burleson and Cleburne. Took him to all those games, and, and he learned what it was to have passion for a team. Well, somewhere along the line, I developed a passion for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean to tell you, I wasn't going to watch the Cowboys with Jerry Jones bottom. How could he have dared Fire Tom Landry. Anyway, I was a cowboy fanatic in the Super Bowls, and well, when things started going bad, I mean, I started getting miserable. I really, I mean, when they'd play on Sunday night or Monday night football, and it'd be on till 11 o'clock, and it was a good game, and they would lose, I couldn't go to sleep for two or three hours. I would be so upset. The next two or three days at work, that's all I thought about. I was mad. And as Brother James with his political deal, I talked to somebody, how about them cowboys? Can you believe they? Well, anyway, being a sports fanatic, there were certain players I liked and there were certain players I despised. And Terrell Owens, when he played for the 49ers, and he caught that touchdown pass, and ran all the way to the 50-yard line to the star and laid down <laughs> off. Man, it was a week before I got over that one. I, I would actually thought I could have beat him up if I'd have met him, you know. But, but anyway, to make a long story short, when Jerry Jones signed him, I couldn't believe it. I just thought, for me, I said he would sign the devil himself if he thought it would help the Cowboys win. And I said, you know, I said I got so I said I got I'm a passionate person. I said I am not going to watch the Cowboys until he's gone. So I cut him off. Not unbeknownst to me, it really wasn't me cutting him off because Sunday afternoons I no longer had to watch the Cowboys. Our schedule at our house didn't have to revolve around me getting home in time to watch the Cowboys play. And I'll be honest, for a year it was pretty hard. But then I saw what God was doing. (laughs) He was diverting my passion. I still enjoy sports. I officiate. I read about the Cowboys. But they are no longer a passion. The Rangers, I like the Rangers. I like going to a Ranger game. But they are not a passion. It's not life and death. You know, they got that allowed me to be in the detention center ministry. It allowed me to, uh, Sunday afternoons, me and my wife, we spend more quality time together. And uh, and I don't hold it against people that are Cowboy fans. I, I don't. I mean, I just took it to the extreme. And... Uh, there's another one of them things that when we start looking into that mirror of the Word of God, that it can, can affect us. And uh, I know it might seem trivial to some people, but uh, for me it was a big step. Just it was another growth spurt for me to be able to uh, to see where my priorities needed to be. And 
hope this is making sense to you. It's uh, it's not always easy. I know when Brother Jeff was uh, with a kidney deal with uh, Brother Kidder, he was he kept waiting for that lamb to come up where he would have to give up his kidney. You know, I mean that 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 morning when he spoke that that was uh, I said that would have been me. Awesome men saying, "All right, God, when are you gonna let me out of this?" But no, he, you know, and that was by listening to the Word of God, looking into that mirror, and seeing what it said and seeing what it saw. So, uh, anybody have a uh, something they'd like to say about looking into the mirror and uh, Word of God showing you something? Anybody? Well, I'm I'm a new Christian. I've never been one. And uh, me and my wife just lost our daughter uh, six months ago. So I need this. Oh man, we're glad you're here. How how old was your daughter? She's four. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And we're here as as uh, Christians that we're here to serve you we're here to comfort and, and whatever your need is we're here for you on that and uh, wow I've just always been down the wrong path we've all been there and, uh, me, I need to do something different so I make sure I go to heaven and see her because I know that's where she's at Well, I specifically thank God put you here tonight for a reason. You're in the right place because uh, we do know what you need to do to be sure that you get to see your daughter in heaven. We know the specific thing you need to do. And uh, I think we're just going to stop right now and take care of that right here and now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just pray for this young father. Yes, Lord. Father, in the gift of your son, seeing him die on the cross, you know what it feels like to lose a child. And so, Father, I pray that your empathy um, would draw him to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. And, Lord, use us to be a strength to our brother. Use our arms to be your arms, Father. Jesus' name, strengthen this man of God. Amen. Jesus' name, Amen. bless his wife, bless their marriage, bless their future, bless their finances, bless the work of their hands. Most of all, Lord, bless them with a walk with you that is that is uh, an example of what you can do. Only you can do in the life of a couple. In Jesus' name. And I just thank you for the courage of this man. Yes, yes Lord. Just open his mouth and yes, confess a desire to to know you and to have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. We thank you, Father, that there's there's never a time that we're ever alone. And we thank you for your word and the power and truth that's in it. And the things that we can stand on that and take comfort in, knowing that. There is a place in heaven for us, and mm. that his daughter is in a place 
unbelievable, unspeakable joy. That's right. We just thank you for yes, that promise. We thank you for the good coming out of that, mm-hmm. as hard as that may be to say and to hear, Father. We thank you that uh, through that, that her father is now in a place where his heart is open and broken and mm-hmm. ready mm-hmm. to hear your word yeah. and to see the miracles mm-hmm. and family. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 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 Thank what you're going through. There's too many times as men we're taught to keep everything in here and tough it out. And, and uh, you're you're at the right place. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times there's not words that, that we can say that will comfort. Mm-hmm. But we will be here as brothers in the Lord to support you. I just I just want to know God better. You know? Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's why we're here. That's why we're all here tonight. We we're, yeah. we're all trying to know the Lord better. And uh, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going to start coming. All right. I was, uh, there was a commentary that that spoke of a man that died. He was 64 years old and had never had a job. His family had had a family trust and had set it up for him. And as long as he went to school, he'd get a monthly allowance. And so, uh, I don't know how many degrees he had, but he never quit going to college. Numerous degrees, doctorates, never once put anything to use. He died when he was in a mid-semester of some college course. We kind of use that as an illustration, how many people, or how many times have we read the Word of God and turn around and lift and not put it into use in our lives. Like, uh, love your neighbor as yourself, and I'm I'm ashamed to say it, my neighbor to the right of me has been there for four years, and I don't know their names. And I just went. I mean, I know when it specifically says love thy neighbor, we kind of say that's everybody's our neighbor. But I kind of took that literal. I know the neighbor over here. I know the neighbor across the street. But this young couple over here, they had a baby. And my wife had numerous times said, JP, honey, you need to go over and meet them. Oh, I will, I will. But I hadn't done it yet. So whenever I was reading, studying, and I saw that, that was the first verse in that commentary whenever we're looking into it. And the Bible says, love thy neighbor as yourself. And the first word out of it was, how many of you know your neighbor next door? You know how God kind of does things like that, puts it in us? you got to be looking at the Word and studying the Word for that to, for that to happen. And uh, the next one is uh, about forgiveness. How we're to forgive our enemies. How many of us actually put that into use, into effect in our lives, we love our enemies. I uh, 
sometimes have a problem with that. You know, I mean, that's God deals with. That's what I'm talking about. When the the, the book, the more we get into <coughs> it, it starts cutting down there where we don't want it to be cutting some of the time. And uh, but the more we get into it, we also feel the uh, the benefits of it. Uh, verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. And it's not for a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Read that again. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, I kind of look at that as saying looking into the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and continues in it, and it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. It just is reemphasizing. The more we read the Word of God, the more we listen to the Word of God and put it in effect into our lives, we will lead a blessed life. There's sometimes a little controversy in what living a blessed life is. Some people look at it as into a life of blessings of prosperity. Others look into a life of spiritual blessings. And uh, I kind of look at it as in a mixture of both. I, I, I'm such a blessed man since I've uh, been serving the Lord. I've been blessed with a wonderful wife. And uh, by no thanks to the life I led, my son now comes to church every Sunday. There's been a couple Sundays I haven't been here, and he's called me backslider. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, and it was he was not raised in church. I, I, I'm ashamed of it, but uh, I mean he's here, and uh, I have a special needs daughter. She calls me her stepdad, but I call her my daughter. I've known her since she was uh, 20. She's now 37. That's hard to believe, and she is such a blessing in my life. Me and her are just. I can sleep through the worst movies ever now. I take her to all the Walt Disney movies, and, and I can I can just go to sleep. But, boy, she's elbowing me when the good parts come on, going, wake up, J.P., wake up. And just life is so good now. Not that we don't have problems. Not that we don't have uh, – we have a, a family problem in our lives. It's been going on for four years now. And uh, it's terrible. I mean, it is a heartbreak. Pastor Allen knows about it. And uh, we pray about it, and we see God, and it's not getting any better. And uh, it's, uh, but, but we don't stop loving God. We don't quit looking into the Word of God. You know, it's, uh, as Pastor Allen said, you know, I, I seek counsel with him, you know, sometimes I mean, uh, things are just the way they are, and we just have to live with them daily, and, and what's going to happen is going to happen, and, uh, but uh, we still have a marvelous life, don't we? We all have something to be so so thankful for, and uh, I, I am so blessed tonight that Chris came here tonight. We really are, uh, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to speak tonight.
And uh, I know it wasn't uh, a real scholarly lesson tonight, but uh, I just want to encourage. Uh, there's one one scripture I wanted to read. Let me find it real quick, and I'll I'll leave with this. It's in uh, Ephesians chapter three, starting verse twelve. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. <laughs> and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thank you. I appreciate it. Colossians 3, verse 12.